Well, welcome to the show. This, this is our view from, from the bench. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Brendan, snack legend for my nephew's ASO team. And I'm Corey, cleat cleaner for the freshman soccer team. And uh, happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday, bro. Finally made it through this freaking week, bro. This week was long for me, man. I agree. I agree. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. 100%, <laughs> dude. Not quite over for me, but yes, it has been long. <laughs> I know. You're starting to get into the swing of your freaking – you're always busy during the weekend. That's why I feel so bad talking on Fridays where I'm just like, yeah, now I get to chill. And you're like, yeah, so now my work week gets insane. And I'm like, oh, sorry, bro. Normally, I agree with you, but December's not actually as bad as the as November is. I've only got like one concert this month, and the Ducks are gone <laughs> for a while after tomorrow's game. I don't have to work a Sunday for two weeks in a row, I think. I, uh, one. Not I, I just <laughs> okay. Hey, well, that's one. That's one Sunday of football. Is that this one? Yes. Thank gosh. Well, some I good games that. on this Sunday. We're going to talk about those coming up. But you know, that'll be cool. And you have uh, anything crazy happen this week? Nothing for me. Oh, I got back into dude. I think I told you. Finally, after like two, what did I say? Two weeks or so. Yeah. It's about, I took a two week little break on swim, so I finally got back in the pool today. Get my cardio up. Only had four less laps than what I normally did in the same little. Uh, window so that's not probably too bad. four more laps than i could have done at all so good job. all right well hey look at that sounds good yeah so you gotta get in the gym bro we're getting old even if yeah, it's not no, like you know you i do get ribs yeah. of, of oh, that's, no you do you have thirty thousand freaking and... steps and shit that's true yeah, you so are I you're not like me out. i sit at a freaking desk yeah i kind of work out at work all the time <laughs> that's so true. I, yeah no as long as you're in i'm like i don't need to go to the gym i just did really and i got paid for it so it's all good very true very true all right well hey before we get started uh if you're not already don't forget to subscribe if you like the content uh that way also hit the notification so you never miss uh, any one of our new episodes um i'd love to hear from you in the comments as well let us know what you like what you don't like and we're gonna try to ask questions as well going forward so make sure you're also if you like what you see hit the like button heck yeah Gotta gotta get us more interactions man we're gonna get some more polls and stuff up on the episodes too yeah that's a good idea too i like those i like those all right well diving in to the sketch we got kicking off. Normally, we do this right after Thursday night because that's our new uh, new night. But uh, we had to move it to Friday this week. Thursday night that's, football last had night. To lose last night, so you know. <laughs> ah, I know too, dude. How rough. So Thursday night football last night. That was actually a good game. Um, Heck yeah. Seahawks Cowboys actually kept it close. I think I saw a stat that said that the Seahawks are the first team in NFL history to score thirty five points and have zero punts and lose. Oh, wow. That, that is a good stat. Well, actually, that's funny you say that because I, I heard after the game last night there was a couple different random because it was a primetime game that really came up with it that it was kind of like not a typical primetime game when you look at a lot of the numbers. Like you talked about high scoring, so 76 combined points, most in a primetime game this season. Uh, and you yeah. mentioned how the Seahawks had no punts. There were no punts in this game at all, and that's only yeah, the first time in NFL history that's ever happened. So the worst part, though, is if you're Seattle, like you scored 35 points and – their record at that going into last night with Pete Carroll as the head coach, they were 36 yeah. no when they scored 35. And then last night they finally lost. So, I mean, Dak Prescott has just been tearing it up. I, I hate to say it because I just, I'm waiting for the downfall here at some point. Cause well, don't worry, the playoffs are like, coming. Yeah, that's true. It probably is. But I think what we talked about last night is like four or five games now. He's got like 16 touchdowns and one interception. So he is on a roll. The Cowboys are at least starting to feel a little bit better after they've had, they had a weird stretch there, especially that Cardinal lost at like week four or five. So, I don't know. It's just interesting to see how they kind of end the season. Um, I know 
what's the guy we talked about on Thanksgiving that had the interception pick six? Uh, oh, Deron Bland. Yeah, he did not look good in the first half yesterday at all. No, I saw him but, get fooled a couple times by DK. Yeah, and, he, and Lockett and the Jigba, actually, bro. Yes, he was getting absolutely. kind of passed around the whole freaking trio. DK going for three touchdowns, too? Sheesh. Yeah. Not DK enough, though. Good game. And not only that, getting the touchdowns and talking inside language when you're in the end zone. <laughs> so you can't Dude, get I in trouble or get fired. I love fine. that, bro. I love that. We have, we're going to talk about that a little bit. We'll show you guys the clip about what it looks like. So stay tuned. Uh, check it out. We have it. For those of you listening, if you want to see some of these things without having to look it up yourself, search for us on YouTube at RV from the bench and you can kind of check it out. Check out the little slides I make you. Check out all the pretty stuff that Corey puts up. Um, you can see our, you know, ugly faces, handsome faces. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, that's uh, that's coming up. That's coming up. That was it's so funny to see him just like talk because that's not a penalty. He's just saying no. sign language, you know. What I mean? Unless he, he's like throwing up middle fingers, then he. Well, yeah, something obvious. Trouble. But even then, the refs don't know <laughs> what he's even saying anyway. So who cares? Yeah, true, true. And who cares? He's just signing. He's just telling somebody else that he knows. What's the big deal? Yeah, but the biggest thing coming out of this, I think, Seahawk loss is they've lost, I think, three or four in a row now. Yeah, uh, they, they they let the Rams right back in the chase for a wild card, especially if they beat Cleveland this weekend. Uh, it, it's just going to be super interesting to kind of see how Seattle gets themselves out of this hole. They don't, you know, they've just been playing terrible. And I feel like Gino had an elbow issue at one point last night. He took his, the sleeve off at the end. So, you know, he's not at 100%. And I know, oh, man, I know Washington was out last night, but what was the backup running back? Chardonnay got hurt in the last couple minutes, so who knows what the latest is with him or if he's going to be back. So just a lot of questions for the Seahawks, but thankfully they get 10 days off to, to try to figure some of those things out. The weird part is, like, their defense is good. Now it's not Legion of Boom good anymore, of course. They've got a lot of those elite players, but um, it's still pretty decent. And like you said, they got 35 points, but giving up 41 is, you know, you're not going to win a lot of games that way, so... No. It's still early. They're still technically in the in the playoff. They're they're most likely not going to catch the division anymore. The Niners probably aren't going to lose too many too many more games the rest of the season. They had their little skid earlier, that three game losing streak in the middle of the season, and they've been looking pretty untouchable ever since. <clears throat> We're about to get into what their upcoming weekend uh, game is. A couple of them, but first we're going to talk about uh, a couple of. Teams that we probably didn't think we'd be talking about in the way that we are going into yeah. the season, and that's Broncos visiting Houston. Broncos at Texans this Sunday. Uh, Broncos on a five-game win streak, <laughs> which is crazy because they're six and five, which means they were what one and five. Hey, yeah, right back in it in the AFC, not necessarily AFC West. That's most likely run away for the Chiefs, but agreed. For yeah. The very, like you said, Broncos, Texans. If we would have looked at this game on before the season started, we thought, oh, the Broncos are in a wild card chase. They need to get this win, and the Texans have two wins. Like, no, the Texans are legit six and five. I mean, they almost forced overtime last week, if not for six inches or a foot short of that field goal to go force overtime. So if they could have beat Jacksonville twice, they'd be seven and four sitting here really nice. And they're still at home. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna probably bounce back from last week. I feel like they played really well against a really good Jacksonville team. The Broncos have been hot, but going into a hostile environment, which is weird to say in Houston for football right now, but it is. It's it's a hard place to play. Stroud has played much better at home than on the road, so not that yeah. he hasn't played good on the road either. But yeah, exactly, numbers are good pretty much all pretty much all around. So, yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know how close it'll be because the Broncos' defense is is good. You know, it's 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 really good. It's part of the reason they're even in this winning streak. Yeah, it's place. been stepping up for sure, and of course Russell Wilson. But yeah, the defense is good. Yeah, and Wilson's played really good. I mean, compared to you know his Seattle well, compared days, compared to last actually, year. Well, 
and anything he did this <laughs> anything's year, anything's better than last year. It's kind of how I feel about the Ducks sure. from, from last season to this year. Anything's <clears throat> yeah, better than like last year at this point. So, but no, it'll probably be a good game. But I think the Texans can pull it off at home. Maybe, maybe even win by ten points. Maybe like twenty four, fourteen. Maybe their defense can step up and kind of ruin Russell Wilson's day. What about you? Yeah, this seriously, in my opinion, can go either way. Honestly, uh, I think the teams are close, especially where they're at now. I wouldn't have said this, you know, when they were one and five before this five game winning streak, obviously. But Texans want this as well. I feel like the Broncos need this. This is, I mean, they were already getting written off, obviously, starting one and five, but now they've been able to kind of turn the tides and they've become something. There was a lot of criticism around Pete, not Pete Carroll. I don't know why I said that. We're freaking still thinking about the Seahawks. Around, um, what's his name? Sean Payton. Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Going into the season, there's a lot of hype. A lot of, okay, there's, there'll be, they're going to be competing with the Chiefs for the division crown. That quickly fell apart, and they've kind of put some of those pieces back together. It's going to be super interesting. Absolutely. I'm taking the Texans. <laughs> All right, there you go. I'm, I'm... But I don't think it's going to be big. You said 10 points, I thought you said? Yeah. I think it's close. I think it's a field goal win. I think the Texans set themselves up and they make that field goal this time. I say 31, 28. All right. Hey, I hope it's, I hope it's true. I mean, like I said, who would have thought this game on the schedule at this point in the season, we'd be talking about it. Yeah, no, not me, not me at all, but it's going to be interesting to be honest with you. I hope it's one of, I mean, I'm sure it's the early game. I hope it's, I hope there's no freaking chargers or Raiders game on at that time. That uh, is going to be boring and dumb that we have to watch on CBS. I hope we can watch this. The chargers are playing at new England. It's going to be on. Oh, okay. Never mind. Well, that's all we get to see. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be fun. A garbage team playing a worse team. That'll be fun. All right. Yeah. Well, moving on to the opposite of that, we've got two fantastic teams. In fact, basically the two favorites to win the NFC. Yep. Niners heading back to Philly for an NFC championship rematch from last year. Brock Purdy is hopefully healthy all the way through this one. On the screen, you can see that he's chosen the Niners, and I'm going with the Eagles. Art. Got your back. <laughs> um, but I'd like to hear why. What you got? Part of my thinking is is the Eagles have won the last four games when trailing at halftime. They've had to struggle and, and mm-hmm. you know, claw to get back into these games and win them at the end. I think that is a recipe for disaster if you're playing the Niners because if the Niners defense, if their offense scores early and gets a big and gets a you know a two touchdown lead, that defense is gonna be much more aggressive and make it harder for the Eagles to score. And they've already been struggling on offense. Now they scored a lot of points last week against Buffalo. Buffalo's defense is not nearly as good as the 49ers. No, so not even close. No, that's the only reason I'm worried. Too. I feel like the Niners are kind of on their hot streak right now. The Eagles have again been winning but it's been ugly and been struggling so i feel like this could be one of those games that that ugly struggle might come back to get them because it's a much better team on the other side than the teams they've played the last four weeks so i I think it'll be close it could be a field goal you know four point game at the end where the eagles have a chance and the niner defense doesn't allow them down the field to to score a touchdown to win because they're down by four um but i just that's my only reason i feel like the niners are kind of on they like you said they had their kind of mess up streak a couple in for that three losing streak but I feel like Philly's kind of stuck in that mode, even though they keep winning, but they've been very, very ugly and struggle to watch even. So I feel like the Niners, if they get an early lead, they're going to feel good about themselves. And Purdy might be, you know, really feeling good about himself at that point since he didn't get to play last year and they get they get an early lead. So There's two reasons why I think the Niners succeed. One is the first one that you just named. Um, the fact that they can get out into lead, that's literally their favorite game script. As long as they're ahead, they're doing well. And that's exactly what Brock Purdy does. Nick uh, Wright from First Things First talks about it all the time. He doesn't say Brock Purdy's bad, but 
what does Brock Purdy do that like moves the needle in the sense of Jalen Hurts leading his team down late uh, to come back, tie it, lead it in overtime, and rush for that 15-yard touchdown, roughly 15-yard touchdown at the end. Brock Purdy has no moments where he's the guy – He's putting the ball perfectly where it needs to be. That does take skill. I'm not trying to take any skill away from him. But he's always successful because they have a lead is pretty much it. Or they're tied, right? They're within – when you're trailing by more than four is what Nick Wright says. I think because within a field goal, you're still only one possession, right? Well, one field goal possession, which is very, very easy. And I kind of somewhat agree with him. So that's one reason why I'm kind of siding with the Eagles. But – the other way that the Niners can exploit the Eagles is Brock Purdy. The Eagles have the number one run defense, and that's somewhat of the reason why I'm taking them. But counterintuitively, Brock Purdy might be able to pick this team apart um, because point. he knows he knows how to do it. And the secondary ranks, I looked last night, 25th out of Still. 32 teams yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. Um, in fact, their overall defense has dropped since Kevin Byard has been uh, well, been acquired. Because, like I said, they've been struggling winning games the last couple weeks, which they because they've yeah. been giving up points. So, so all this seems like I'd be going with the Niners, but the, this is the one thing that I'm running with, and that I'm just going to hold to two things, I guess. One, they're at home. That's the only thing. But True. I'm going to take what you're saying about these close games and flip it. If they've been on these close games and been on these close games, that's grit. That's verse. Uh, um, resiliency coming back and winning and holding and winning and holding. I think that that's building their character to win bigger games. Um, one that they weren't able to beat the chiefs in last year, but we're quite close in. I think they're extremely talented. I think they shut down McCaffrey at the run point. So everything is going to be on Purdy's shoulder. And if in fact they aren't playing with a lead, then I think they're in trouble. And that's why I'm going to take the Eagles. I think they're going to jump out. And kind of just outpace them like that. Now, I think I think it's like twenty eight, twenty four kind of thing. Like I'm thinking it's just it's just going to be you know kind of up. But I think if they can hold a lead and make Brock Purdy try to throw, take away that run game, so the Eagles can sell out on the throw. You know, drop seven instead yeah. of you know, and keep just the four up front because they're good. Yeah, they're really good. I think that might be a recipe. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, like I said, there's plenty of reasons why the Niners could win. This is going to be a great game. Can't wait yeah, to watch it. I, um, Can't wait to watch it. Like I said, I'm excited. I don't have to work on Sunday this weekend. <laughs> I know. That's, that's what I'm saying. This is going to be a great Sunday to be off, except of course, the freaking Chargers taking over the freaking morning spot. Yeah, the right. stupid Patriots game. Yeah, Steve. Well, we're going to move on to more NFL. The other two games that we want to talk about uh, that I think are pretty interesting is kind of like how we talked about with the Seahawks from the Thursday night game. This NFC race and the Rams staying in it is getting pretty tight. They're hosting the Browns, which in theory you'd be like, well, the Browns should win. Yeah, yeah but Deshaun Watson went down a while ago. And Dorian Thompson-Robinson is going to be out with concussion protocol. And they don't trust P.J. Walker. So they called Joe Flacco last week and said, <laughs> hey, what are you doing? And as he was shoving popcorn in his face, just watching a movie, he said, oh, no, man, what do you need? And he's now showing up and he's going to start on Sunday. So um still i'm picking him i just think the defense is insane and i think that he can hand the ball off and do dinks and dunks he knows how to throw a ball yeah i understand that he might have not but there's a reason why they called him specifically i guess right i mean they had to have seen him at least throw so we'll see how it goes we'll see how it goes (laughs) stafford and the rams offense does look really good right now so that's what i'm afraid of but if this is still the best defense in the league maybe they can kind of slow him down i think it's going to be close um 
I think it's going to be a toss-up, though. I'm running with him. This is like a 51-49. If it was DTR playing, it'd be like 60-40, you know. Wow. But uh, I think, dude, I think he's just, I think he's just a 1%. Like, I just like, I think they're evenly matched, but I just think they're better defense. Sometimes defense wins. Yeah, and I I can't argue with that fact, but the only thing I'm thinking and why I'm going with the Rams is, one, the Rams, now that they're healthy with Kyron Williams back and Stafford standing up straight in their offensive line has been pretty solid the last few weeks. They've started to figure some things out on offense. Now their defense is really young. They have a lot of young guys, but they still ultimately have Aaron Donald on the line. And if he can cause a little bit of havoc and, you know, like you said, Flacco's not like, terrible but he's not fast either he's not a mobile quarterback so if the d line for the never was when he was young so yeah so if the rams d line can make his day a little hectic on his first game back in over a year uh or probably just short of a year at this point um like i feel like the rams can do it you know like i said they're at home now that seattle's lost they kind of see their window of like oh we could kind of sneak into a wild card spot like they could be if they win this game i think they're ultimately in one of those spots by the end of the weekend and then if you're the rams you're like okay we're six and six we got what six games to go. We just got to go like three and three, and we can get nine wins and get in the playoffs because that's usually what happens. If you get that nine and eight, you usually are pretty solid at getting a wild card spot. So the Rams are feeling themselves, are feeling good. I think they're going to show up and uh, have a good game. And I, like I said, Kyron Williams has looked good, although his two really good games have been both against the Cardinals. So take that for what it's worth, too. This is a much better defense than the Cardinal defense, but ultimately the Rams don't run a lot anyway. They've always been a pass heavy offense yeah. that's kind of the whole thing with mcveigh is they say is he runs a couple plays early and then he kind of forgets about the run and they just stick to the off uh, to the to the pass but when you have cooper cup and puka nakua and tutu atwell i can i kind of understand why yeah and obviously he likes throwing uh i mean him and um kirk no what's the guy oh my gosh the freaking cardinals uh his homie Cliff Kingsbury, sorry. <laughs> so Cliff Kingsbury with that air raid offense. Well, they have that same mentality. Yeah, he lo- there's a reason why he went and got freaking gunslinger Matt, right? So, yeah, yeah I think it'll be toss-up. I think it'll be toss-up. 51, 51, 49. That's why I literally just like, I don't know. I'm just rolling with the Browns. Rolling when you first said 51, 49, I was like, is that what you think the final score is going to be? Percent, percent, 50%, percent. <laughs> 51 percent, Browns 49 percent. That's my bad. Sorry. No, no. <laughs> not the score. Not the score. Last game we want to talk about, Lions-Saints. The reason why it's kind of interesting is because the Saints are in first place. Well, tied for first place at 5-6 and six in the NFC South, in the NFC trash South. <laughs> Literally, you know what yeah. I saw the stat the other day? That the Panthers are still technically not. They could host a playoff game, and they're 1-10. They're only four games back of the division, yeah. and they have one yeah. win? Yeah. Oh. At this point, literally time, host. one win, you should have been mathematically eliminated from everything. That is crazy to think about how yeah, bad. No way, week is. thirteen, you got one win, and you're like, We're still alive, boys. We could do this. Hey, no wonder they fired Frank Wright. I guess they still think they got a shot. <laughs> still got a shot, at least at the division. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? That is nuts, dude. That is uh, nuts. No, uh, I really don't have much to say about this game. I don't think the Saints are that good. I thought they were going to be good. I, we did pick both pick them to win the division, and technically they have that chance. They're leading it right now, tied with, I believe, the Bucks and the Falcons, I think, if not just the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, but I, I think the Lions. I think their offense is freaking rolling, and it's going to be hard to kind of stop them. So I say yeah. they win. I say they win by probably – I'm going to look at what the spread is, but I say they probably cover it, and I say they win by like 10. That's a good – yeah, and part of the thing I'm thinking too is, is it's an indoor stadium, so the ran, the lines will feel just at home like they would at the Dome up in, True. Up in Detroit. 
Um, and also they played on Thanksgiving, so they've had 10 days to prepare and get over that, you know, get kind of pissed off at themselves for losing that game against the Packers. Oh, right, bro. And this is yeah. their chance to come back and get themselves at nine and three in a solid opportunity that, I mean, let's say San Francisco beats Philly and Philly has two losses. And if you're the Lions and you're nine and three, you're right behind them for that possible number one seed. So tie I mean, with the Niners break at nine and three. Yeah, yeah. Well, if they win, right, yeah. Yeah, something's got to break your way to still get that, but to have an opportunity and be nine and three if they're the Lions, you got to be feeling really good about yourself at that point in the season. Yeah, basically hosting the, all the way to, up to the NFC title game, if unless the number one seed is out. That would be nuts if it's the Lions. <laughs> yeah, a spread. Honestly, I kind of I would I would one hundred percent smash this line uh, minus four and a half for the Lions. Well, I mean, they say you automatically get three for being the home team, so that makes it kind of a touchdown if you think about it. Yeah, that's what I would think they were going to win by as a touchdown. Dang. That's crazy. Well, again, the Lions have struggled the last couple of weeks, even though they beat the Bears two weeks ago. They didn't play well, and then they didn't play well to in the week last week against Green Bay. But again, I think the 10 days off and that opportunity to really work on some things and figure some stuff out and, and you know, let everyone know you're not the old line. You kind of bounce back from those bad games instead of making it a, a normal thing and a routine. Yeah, yeah, true. Biggest spread is the, uh, well, Jags, Bengals, eight and a half. That makes yeah. sense. Oh, no. Dolphins commanders nine and a half. That, also that makes, makes sense, sense too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, moving on from the freaking football. Well, no, not moving on from football, getting off of the games. I'm sorry. We have a couple just uh, side notes and little stories. One of them we kind of touched on earlier when we were talking about the Seahawks. Still going to wait for that. We got some, a couple other things to talk about first. And one of them is something that they finally freaking did, yeah, Corey. You called it. I think Dude, you said I've been it the so day before. irritated, man. Yes. It's about time. I, I don't. We don't need to be launching the Giants anymore, the Patriots, the Cardinals, the Panthers. None of those people need to be on primetime. Give us good games, NFL. I can't. This is like the first flex, right? Of first Monday night football flex for sure ever. But I don't know if the, I, yeah, this is the first flex of the regular of the season. I think too. In general, of this season, right? I feel like nothing's been flexed. So I can't believe they wait until week fifteen to do it because there's been some trash games. The other thing way. I'm thinking too is why doesn't the NFL not schedule the Sunday night games? from like week 10 on until the season gets going like schedule the, the opponents for whatever week and where they're playing. But by like week eight, you should know, okay, week 10, that matchup makes no sense. Week 11, that matchup make no sense. Like let's move them to Sunday night. Let's move this one to Monday night, like whatever they got to do. But why doesn't this happen more often and a little sooner in the year? Like once the, I mean, Thursdays you can't do anything about because everyone's got to play no. on Thursday. So I get that yeah, one. But yeah, the yeah. Monday and Sunday one, you need to be, more flexing and a little earlier don't wait till like week 15 15 bro there's week, only three week, weeks left week eight to ten somewhere in there ten. you can start 10 minimum bro. Flexing. yeah yeah i agree i think it's crazy they, you know honestly what they should do is just make it possible to flex sunday night and monday night yeah exactly unless because sunday and sunday night is easy yeah. Uh, you know, you just, okay, you know what you're going to play during the day? You're going to play at night now. That, that one's kind of like an easy one to do. But they should be able to also flex, like I said, like, well, like they're doing, right, this Monday night one. Nobody or, wants to see the Chiefs be, play the Patriots. Or what you could do also is from week 10 or 12 on, you schedule two Monday night games. And if one of those matchups ends up not being a good one, you could flex them back to Sunday. Yeah, true. You know that, what I mean? that way it's not one yeah. team and one game, and they're like, oh, you're not playing anymore, and then they're going to move somebody else. Like, just move one team off of Monday and leave the one matchup on Monday. You see that? You can see that. <laughs> Next thing that we're talking about, speaking of teams, freaking coming back and moving here and there, Aaron freaking Rodgers is moving. Dude. I think I... that we have some footage. Do we have a little bit of footage of him um, 
like just kind of throw in. I'm sure we had a picture or something that we'll throw up. Um, but yeah, if not, if not, I think we have a video, right? We have a video. Yeah, let's check it out. Okay. I mean, it's not a game, right? No, but that's pretty crazy, dude. Like, I just don't understand. Was it really an Achilles? Because I've never seen anybody with an Achilles tear come back in the same season. It's always a year. Well, I was going to say, I think they talked about it before. Forever. Cam Akers, when he tore his Achilles for the Rams, he came back like six to eight months later. And even then, that was fast. And as a running back, especially, that's crazy. And young. That was my next point. Not only is Rodgers like possibly or not possibly it's Achilles aware, but if it is and he's back this fast, not only is it crazy just in general for medical science stuff, but the fact that he's 39 years old, he's not a kid like Akers was when he was 25 or 26 when it happened. Like he's an older guy. And I mean, in the, is it the video, in the video, there's that quarterback behind him that is just like, what? It's like, how, how yeah. is he even? Taking a step back, a drop back, and even throwing, like, how is that? I just, uh, I don't know. And like you said, it, did he really tear his Achilles? Was it actually a, like a calf, calf injury, kind of yeah. like KD back in the day? He had that calf thing, which eventually then became an Achilles injury, but maybe it mm -hmm. actually wasn't in this case. Well, I, I hope know. he called KD doctor. and asked what it felt like, because, what I mean, that, what if that happens to him? <laughs> yeah, true. Very good point. But if he's already had the surgery, you would think it wouldn't be that fact. But is this something that like we come out at the end of the season, like say Rogers does come back and the jets make the playoffs. And, and even if they win or lose a game, doesn't matter. But then it comes out later. He's like, yeah, actually it wasn't as bad as I thought. We'd all be like, yeah, that makes sense. But if he doesn't, we're always going to wonder how did he come back that fast? And nobody else can when he's also 39 years old, it makes no sense. Ayahuasca. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, if hey, if that's be. what ends up doing, get me some ayahuasca, man. I don't want to. That's what I'm saying. Bro. I'm ready to start dunking on fools or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to be Michael Phelps in the pool. Sheesh. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that was pretty crazy. Uh, this now finally get into the thing that we were talking about earlier with DK Metcalf. Okay, this is kind of cool. So a lot of times when people, you know, score touchdowns, they celebrate because it's freaking awesome, right? You just yeah. freaking got in the end zone. It's a gladiator sport, and you just made it through, you know, 11 other 300-pound muscular freaking dudes to score that damn ball. Oh, you yeah. like to celebrate Probably. a little bit, <laughs> but the refs don't really like when you celebrate or at least maybe too excessively or say anything that you're not supposed to say or anything like that. They don't even like that freaking Tyreek Hill says peace know, that's while stupid. he burns the whole rest of the field. Or, you know, how he has the gloves where he holds up his whole glove and these are like highlighted. So it looks like a peace sign. Um, I actually love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it too, to be honest with you, because then he's just, well, I just put my hand. Yeah, just put my just hand. My hand. What? Yeah, what was a big deal? So, uh, but anyways, so DK has decided to take it upon himself to celebrate and maybe like talk a little shit uh, in a different way. Let's check this out. Hey, dude, as long as he's not 
you're holding up middle fingers, right? That's pretty much Not like uh, the only wrong. thing. I mean, uh, if you're dude, the ref, some of the things. How could you? How could you throw a flag if you don't even know what he's saying? Or unless those refs learn sign language on their own. To then True. interpret what he's saying, but even then, he's not saying anything bad. He's not using any cuss words or no. anything derogatory or anything like that. He's just no. like saying a little, some little message to the camera and, mm-hmm. and going about his business. I think it's awesome. I think it's great. If not, I think it's else, It gives more attention to American Sign Language and that people should probably learn it because there's a lot of people out there that you know use it and it would benefit. Issue. Very true. That's actually yeah, like, you know what. That's a good point. I support I just, him doing this. I, I think about it that way because at work sometimes we have occasional guests that uh, do sign language and. We do usually have one, maybe two people at most on our staff that do sign language or know it. So it's actually really nice to have the ability to like, oh, let me go grab that person and they can come over. Because otherwise I have to have – I have to like write everything down on a notepad. And yeah. I feel – not that I wouldn't do it. I would definitely do it. I would oh, yeah, yeah. You're willing. That it I just takes like, a long time. Yeah, I just feel like if we can you know, solve that issue a little quicker and help them in a better way, that's awesome. I. I wish I had the time and the energy to learn it myself. It'd be really I was going to say, well, I mean, you could just learn sign language. I know, Corey. but that's, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of time and effort, man. I don't know how much time I have in a day right now. Very true. Very got to make cookies soon for Christmas. And get, you know, I know. We might have some uh, sponsors coming soon, huh? Yeah. Actually, I thought about adding a little bit of an ad sometime, maybe on this episode or the next. So if you're okay, on YouTube and watching, you'll look out for that. Otherwise, we'll have to add a uh, audio version for the uh, Spotify and Apple. Hey, let's do our own. Maybe we should do like a jingle for your freaking Ooh, thing. There we go. All right. Get cool. Lafayette we'll do something. Lafi, we need your help, sir. <laughs> yeah, we need the jingle background, bro. We need the background. <sighs> something else that was kind of weird that happened this which, to be honest with you, basically, honestly, the yeah. NFL really does hold the name, and it holds so true. It doesn't now stand for the National Football League. It stands for the No Fun League. League. Why can't <laughs> totally people just good. have fun, bro? So there's this other video we want to show you guys here. We'll show you the clip where Tyreek Hill scores a touchdown. It has a really cool interaction with a fan slash kid slash media member kind of uh, thing. We'll get it. Yeah, we'll get into it a little bit afterwards, but. Watch this, watch this clip. I told him, you know, um, don't let this get to you, man. Like, just hold your head up. Um, you're still young. Um, and, yeah, man, continue to, to uh, do what you love. So, obviously, like, I'm, me, me and him are going to continue to work together. And I told him I was going to cover his salary. I told him I was going to, you know, make sure that I, I, I do what's right and, you know, take care of you. Make sure, make sure um, you're not out of a job. Yeah, see, and he was interviewed. So we show you an interview which actually has the clip, obviously, towards the end of it. Um, and he, he's just being interviewed afterwards by by some of the media in the locker room, and it talks about how you know the kid, he got fined, and the kid you know lost some credentials or got in trouble with all this stuff Spendy. because he was, huh? yeah, suspended. Yeah, see, exactly. So he's gonna pay for whatever he needs. He's gonna pay for his salary. He's gonna work with him in the future to do other content and stuff like that, which is obviously gonna freaking boost his popularity. Working with Tyreek Hill, That's the best, arguably one of the most popular people in the nfl right now you know what i mean like he's funny he's really freaking talented he's the fastest guy in the league he i don't know witty guy he's smart Miami. i don't know See, yeah exactly he just i don't know he seems like a really cool guy to be honest with you i don't know what hey, the chiefs were thinking man i know they don't want to pay him but jeez yeah, i know but i'm with you as far as like this is being stupid the nfl i get it the guy's credential he's dude. not supposed to you know be a fan necessarily but in that moment, Tyreek Hill just throws him off our phone and does like he's just like a videographer or whatever. He's just doing his job in a sense. And the fact that he got excited or was involved, I think it's stupid the NFL is suspending him. But props to Tyreek taking care of him, man. And then, like you said, if he's going to end up working with him on future things, this might be the best thing that that sideline videographer guy ever did for his own career. Oh, 100%. 
working with Tyreek and meeting a whole bunch of other people, networking to bigger and better things that ends up him thinking like, why did I even work for the NFL? But ultimately it could, it could really lead to something for this guy. So I, I kind of, it sucks, but because Tyreek Hill is going to kind of take care of him and, and kind of get him situated, I think ultimately it's going to be the best thing that could have ever happened. 100%. Dude, the NFL is going to look stupid after this, man. Honestly, he's going to have his own career. He's going to blow up to be something even probably better than what the NFL – the NFL films is going to shove him in a, in a room to go make stupid social media content. You know what I mean? Like who knows yeah. what his job was there. So I think he's going to be better off. Good for you, bro. I'm glad. I'm glad. Heck yeah. More NFL news. But this time <laughs> brought to you by favorite one <laughs> breaking news brought to you by Adam. Wait, is it Adam? I don't know. Let's see who's breaking this news here. We've got the, we're showing it out on the screen now. Well, I will be in a second once this loads. <laughs> so breaking news here off the desk, as you can see from the background, for those of you on the YouTube audience, you obviously can see this wonderful thing I've made. If you're listening on Apple and or Spotify, we appreciate you. We love you. We understand that you might be on the go and you got time to listen. But if you ever have a chance, come check us out on YouTube. Search RV from the bench, and you can see some of these things that we're talking about. On the screen here is Adam Schefter slash JJ Watt Dude. tweeting the other day that uh, he knows some inside scoops about some cardinal news. Tell us about this tweet, bro. I love it. I absolutely love this. This is like... I don't know who it was a couple years ago, but there was another player that did like a breaking news within the locker room like that too, and the fact that J.J. Watt goes out and tweets this and says, trying new things in retirement, let's steal Adam Schefter's job for a day. <laughs> Titan Zach Ertz has requested and been granted his release from the Cardinals. We'll look to sign with a contender to make a uh, Super Bowl run, hopefully for his second ring in his career once with the Eagles prior. Um, and then in mm -hmm. the quotations at the bottom, he says, this is easy, Adam. <laughs> like, this is an easy job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all Adam does is sit on his couch and tweet things that happen. What's the problem with that? Yeah, I don't see any issue, but JJ is trying something new. Uh, you know, he's actually been on, I think, Pat McAfee's show a couple times too. I've seen some clips mm -hmm. of him. He's actually kind of a good TV personality guy. I wouldn't be shocked if he ultimately ends up doing some pregame, postgame, halftime uh, stuff. I don't know if I feel he'll like he kind do. of already does. Does he? Okay. I say I wouldn't necessarily like think of him yeah. as a color analyst unless he really wanted to do it, but I feel like he'd be a good personality in the studio, kind of like a Charles Barkley. Just he's a kind of a weird dude. But in a good way. And he knows, I mean, that's the that's the thing about it, right? Charles Barkley, you can say what you want about him, but the guy knows how to play basketball. And he knows how to play it well, right? Yeah, so you, can, now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But I'm saying, like, you take his expertise for what it is. He may be goofy. He may have some funny things to say or all that kind of stuff. But he's still, you know, arguably a legend. Granted, he never won. Wow, there's plenty of people that didn't do that. But And J.J. Watt is basically, to me, very similar, right? I mean, yeah, he may be goofy, he may have like a quirky personality, but he's arguably one of the greatest defender, you know, defensive ends of all time. So, yeah, very true. I mean, very he true. knows what he's talking about, too, when it comes to, you know, analyzing and things of that such. So, I think that'd be pretty crazy if he starts doing stuff like Adam. Can you imagine <laughs> the setup like this in his house? He's got his little Texans and his Cardinals helmet oh, in the man. background and his Ohio State stuff in the in the backup, too. So Ohio State? No, that's not where he went. Where did he go? No, Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin. I knew it was red. Sorry. I my was bad. like, Ohio State? What the heck? <laughs> I knew it was red in the Big Ten. I knew it was red in the Big Ten. My bad. <laughs> I forgot Wisconsin's a team because they suck now. So. Oh, yeah, that's true. They have been good in a while. Before. It's basically been, yeah, it's basically been Ohio State. And uh, and you know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking, you know, brothers, brothers, brothers. I'm thinking the, the Boses. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Now it makes more sense. So, and I knew red, Big Ten, you know, brothers. Oh, so anyway, <laughs> my bad. Honestly, I like, I like Wisconsin better. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, enough about the NFL. We are going to keep it with football quickly because we're getting into the um, meat of it right now, especially the college yeah. football season. Um, something happened today, Corey. It was a fantastic, fantastic yes, day. Yes, it was. Yes, to what was. was a fantastic, fantastic conference, and it is oh. officially over. The Pac-12 yeah. is officially no more. The last game of Pac-12 history was played this afternoon between Oregon and Washington in Las Vegas in uh, Legion Stadium. Perfect spot. And it was, a, it was a great game. Yeah, oh, 100%, bro. Absolutely a great game, Uh, you know, which we, we figured it would be. I mean, the over-under, yeah. I want to say, if I remember correctly, was 66, and they were right about on it if uh, they were right there. Um. Yeah, it was weird to, you know, Washington got out to an early lead, 20 to 3, and you're like, oh, okay, well, wow, is Oregon really going to not, not really have a chance in this game in Washington? And how the hell, real quick, before you continue, to that point, how the hell was Oregon favored by 9.5? They lost the last game. I get that it was in Washington. Yeah, but this but is they a still lost. Yeah, you're not. So, so why would they be favored by 10? I, That's what I I'm didn't so understand that from the get -go. Easiest bet in the world. I wish I had money. I would have thrown $100,000 <laughs> on plus 9.5. 9.5? Nine yeah, I, I don't know what that was or why it was so big. But, you know, like I said, Washington got out to an early 20-3 to lead in the second quarter. And you're like, oh, dang, this is going to be over fast. But Oregon storms back, uh, you know, eventually actually takes a 24-20 lead late in the third. And then you're thinking, oh, man, is Washington – which, okay, before I finish the rest of the game. Remember I talked about it with you yesterday when we were prepping. If Washington were to lose by a field goal to Oregon, mm -hmm. and if for some reason uh, you know, Florida Alabama State loses, and Alabama Georgia, loses, Florida State yeah. loses in the ACC title game, could we have two Pac-12 teams in the top <clears> four, which – now that Oregon, you know, ultimately lost, it's not even a conversation. Washington's yeah. undefeated. But, you yeah. know, they gave Penix the MVP of the game. He had over 300 yards, a touchdown, and, a, and an interception. But I kind of thought Dylan Johnson was the player of the game. He had 28 carries, 152 yards, and two touchdowns. And, you and know, hurt. Touchdowns. And what? And hurt. He's been, uh, from what I had heard, especially in the Washington State game and the Apple Bowl or whatever the heck that's called. Yeah, Apple Bowl. The, uh, yeah, the... Um, he he was like limping basically through that game. So Ooh. come out here just a, just a, like six days later, five days later to do that. Uh, yeah, now he I, th I think there was something in one of his legs. So Man, I agree. I know that 152 yards and two touchdowns. What a freaking beast! Yeah, absolutely. He had That's half right. the amount of yards that Penix did, and this is the crazy part. This is what I understand. I mean, I understand, right? But this is all he did. And then the rest was on the receiver. <laughs> I'm not saying that this isn't e this is easy. Of course, he has to be accurate, and he has to. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like, oh, you have 300 yards. That's not like he got it. I mean, he threw it, and what if he throws it five, and the other guy runs for for 60? Well, he just yeah. has 65 yards. Well, he didn't throw 65 yards. He threw it five yards, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I would give it to running backs when he has half the amount of yards, uh, and he got it all by himself. <laughs> I agree, but, but that's only rushes. Yeah, I think part of it too, though, is is everyone's trying to get Penix the Heisman if you're from yes. Washington. You're looking at the game like, yeah, if we got to give him the Pac-12 title game MVP now and hopefully build him into something else. I think they talked about it after two in their post game with Holly Rowe on the sideline or on the on the field that Johnson even talked about it. I know my boy's not going to say it, but give him give him his Heisman. Like they uh, they want Penix to win that thing, and you know they both talked about it too. Like we got more work to do. This isn't what we came here to do, just to get the Pac-12 yeah. title. Although it's nice, especially because it's the last one, as you mentioned, and against um, Oregon. Yeah, and against Oregon, you, you know, one of your the teams you battled against Biggest the last rivals. couple of years and it's a rival. I mean, Bo Nix went over and, you know, said thank you and, you know, good battle to Penix after the game. You could tell they both are going to leave and they've had some battles over the last three years. Um, but yeah, just go Huskies. And now let's, uh, let's hope they maybe even sneak into number two, depending on how things work out uh, tomorrow. Yeah. If Georgia loses 
it's a no. I don't think so. I think they. I think they're stuck <laughs> at three, bro. I just don't think that the committee is gonna do. Even if they lose to Alabama, they're gonna be like, well, it's Alabama. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I still, I still think one and two is basically just gonna be a toss up between um, Michigan and Georgia. Yeah, if Georgia wins, they'll take it. If Georgia loses by a little bit, Michigan will take it because they should win. Fingers freaking crossed against that damn team. Um, but yeah, uh, like before before this game started, um, I didn't write many notes because we were going to kind of talk about it later. All I wrote was go Huskies because I just want a guaranteed spot. So <laughs> in the end, I kind of got what I wanted. I think it would have been cool to have you know your your possibility. I just think there was too many caveats, and it's not yeah. like a guaranteed system. There's a lot of bias in it and stuff like that. And I don't know if they'd like to see two pack. Now, if it was two SEC schools, they would jump at the at, at it no problem. You know what I mean? But I don't think they'd really want to see two pack twelve schools in there. Um, not oh, for not for a college football place. Nah, I don't think, think they care about it that much. <laughs> no, they just care about the SEC and the Big Ten. So I think yeah. they would have just taken, like I said, either Ohio State or thrown Alabama, maybe well, a Texas at the last second. So. You say they like the SEC and the Big Ten better. I mean, technically Washington and Oregon are in the Big Ten, right? So. But they're not now. <sighs> Doesn't count quite yet, man. Doesn't count quite yet. Sorry. Well, so that was a good game. There's other games, games though, like weekend, we're talking though. about. Exactly, exactly. So that was one of the tw- uh, one of the championship games that we're talking about. There's four others that we're going to get into. We're going to start with the biggest one because um, this one is really where a lot of it's on the line, especially for Georgia. A win basically guarantees them the number one. A loss, depending on how bad it might be, I don't think it'll ever knock them out. Honestly, I don't think it'll knock them out of the. Uh, oh no, Georgia has. They, they have many, no loss. They haven't played they have many no ranked opponents, and they haven't. I mean, even the ranked ones. They yeah, did, they did. They, they played Ole Miss. They played. Uh, remember, Missouri? we had we were talking. Ole Miss. Yeah, that was. They were ninth. Okay, and Missouri. That's two. That's not. No, a I lot. feel like they played a couple. I feel like they played a couple. All right. Well, either way, mm-hmm. I, I just feel Georgia's going to go in there and take care of business. Anyway, it don't matter. Like Georgia. Yeah. Is who they are. The last two years, Kirby Smart has those guys dialed in. Um, you know, they, Alabama and Georgia is good. I mean, it's saving. I can't, I can't, I wouldn't be shocked if they somehow pull off the win because they're in the SEC title game all the time. They play Georgia the last couple, I think this is their third straight time having to play each other. Right. So they know each other very, very well. There's no secrets. Kirby smart was a coordinator in Alabama before he took the Georgia job. So him and Saban know each other. Um, but I know you say you have a weird feeling or gut feeling about Alabama, but I feel like Georgia's just on the roll and going to try to go for that three-peat, especially now that's the last year of the four-team uh, playoff. I think they're going to try to finish it off strong. Yeah, you're right. It was only Missouri and Ole Miss. The only other one that I would add to it is Georgia Tech was ranked at some point this season, and they weren't when they played them. So similar to like Washington where they've technically played a bunch of more ranked teams, they just might have been unranked at that time, but they that's were ranked true. previously. So. Yeah, I just have a weird feeling. Again, I kind of like dynasties. I'm getting a little bit tired of this one, but because of there's so much parity around the college uh, football with all this NIL stuff, I don't hate Alabama anymore because, dude, they're, they're an eight seed right now. This this should supposed to be a guaranteed one to four seed, like basically True. regardless of what happens to them. So, you know, I'm not necessarily rooting for them. These aren't necessarily what I'm rooting for. Some of them are, like uh, the Michigan one, obviously, but I also yeah. think they're going to freaking win. Um but I think that uh, I think Alabama kind of finds some odd way. The one thing that's obviously in is that Georgia is rolling right now. Like you said, Kirby Smart knows how to beat Saban. The game is while neutral in Georgia, yeah, so <laughs> it's on. pretty it's... much it's pretty much a home game for the Bulldogs. Uh, but I don't know. Saban Saban was just at Auburn last week, and it was I think it was fourth and goal from the thirty-one yard line. 
and they scored a touchdown to win. So, I mean, anything can happen, especially in college football. I know Jalen Miller wants his motherfucking Heisman. He's not really <laughs> in contention, but that was an insane play. I say Alabama takes it. I guess. Oh, man, you're going to screw up the college football playoff thing so much. <laughs> oh, so are you with this one. You Actually, have Louisville, Florida State. Yeah, we t- yeah. But mostly because of the reason that you had brought up. So Louisville, number 10 ranked Louisville, and Florida State playing for the ACC title. They uh, Florida State, though, what's up with them, man? Well, they you know two three weeks ago I would have said they're going to win and go into the top four no matter what. But then they lost their starting quarterback who was at some point some people were talking about as a Heisman candidate. Then they go to their backup quarterback and I'm watching last week I think it was last week and their backup quarterback got rocked. I mean he was going to slide the guy hit him in the head onto the ground concussion like knocked out right away. There was no question it was a concussion. So he's definitely out. They're down to their third string quarterback who's a freshman. They're going against Louisville, who has already beaten Notre Dame this year, and they're ranked 10th, so they're no yeah, joke. Top 10 team. Yeah, that's not like, yeah, exactly. So if I'm Florida State, if your quarterback is that young and inexperienced, it's either going to – what is the saying? You either It's either flight or, or fright? Fight or flight. Fight or flight. There you go. I feel like that's what's going to happen, but I think Louisville having, you know, won some good games this year is going to go in there thinking, hey – this guy doesn't know what's going on. We have there's no film for him on, on him, but we know he's young and experienced. Let's go take advantage and make him make mistakes. So I think that's what's going to happen. And if so, if you're Florida State and you're not undefeated anymore, you're dropping out of the top four, and then that's when things can get interesting. That is when things will get spicy for sure. <laughs> I if this really does happen, which I believe is truly feasible, because as everybody knows, the most important position in football is quarterback. Absolutely. Now, if you got a good one, great. And if you have a good backup, fantastic. But most third-string quarterbacks aren't ready to lead their team into an ACC championship game against a top-10 team for basically all the marbles. Because if they win, they will be in, regardless of whether or not we think they deserve it. They will be the the fourth undefeated team as long as Michigan, Georgia uh, win. Yep, they'll be the fourth undefeated team and the only four undefeated teams left in college football. So. My biggest concern, though, is even if Florida State wins this game and they get in the top four, like they're going to get they're mauled by number one. Worked. Like, even if it, it doesn't matter Michigan whether it's Michigan or, or, Georgia. or yeah. Georgia. Yeah, they're going to rock them because, again, the young quarterback is going to just have to go against some of the best defenses he's ever seen in his life, not just in college. I mean, we're talking about some, especially Georgia, if they have to go one four. So I feel bad that they, if they win, they're going to get, I just, that's kind of why I'm hoping they lose so they don't have to even get to the point where they get embarrassed in the game. Yeah, they will be four. They're not going to jump. They're not jumping Washington for three. No. Not after, you know, not after that. No, the Pac-12 is a little better, especially after beating Oregon twice when they've been a t- – that's the only two losses of Oregon's freaking season. You know what yeah. I mean? So, And they've handily handled everybody else. So, um, yeah. We both have Louisville winning this one. Easy choice. Second easiest choice, <laughs> only to this game. Michigan, Iowa. Oh, my gosh. While the Iowa Hawkeyes are a formidable foe, they <laughs> are um, a fan duel has the over under for each half, where the favorite is the under, and their point spread for each half is 0.5, which means fan duel thinks they will score less than one point each half. I feel bad for <laughs> Iowa. And. I feel bad for Iowa, and I feel bad for their fans because I know there's fans at their home stadium when they are winning games, but they're punting a lot. There's people who have sweatshirts that say punt, and they get excited when they punt. Like, that's how bad it is that they win games 
you know, 10 to nothing or six to nothing because they play such good defense, but don't do anything on offense themselves. This is the opposite of that. You're going against Michigan, who is yeah. the powerhouse of basically the, the country besides Georgia right now. And mm-hmm. they are going to be just ready to go. I think this is going to be over by, I think, oh yeah, it just ended. The game's over. That Michigan's already won. So, oh uh, yes, that's great. <laughs> Don't even, don't even. I think it's it going to be over by now. It hasn't started yeah. yet, but it is officially over. Yeah. No, no. Fantastic. Michigan landed the plane in Indianapolis, so yeah, it's over. We're good. Games. I think you're right. You're right. Too. As soon as they, as soon as they touch down, as soon as JJ McCarthy gets uh, his luggage on his shoulder and touches down, I think he just has to turn back around. It's like when Bart or uh, the grandpa walks in and puts his hat down and walks in and walks back out. That's basically what they're going to do. Yeah, I kind of think that that's what's going to happen, man. I just don't see how Iowa's going to even have a chance. So bad. Yeah. The last one that we want to talk about is the Big 12 championship. And this is where it gets interesting, specifically if Georgia wins and Florida State loses. Because right. with Georgia winning, that would make Alabama a two-loss team, and they would be out of contention. If Texas wins, especially because if Texas wins, they beat Alabama head-to-head in Tuscaloosa, and they would only be a one-loss team in Texas. So this is where it gets interesting. If Texas can win and Florida State loses, again, along with Alabama losing, is it possible that Texas takes the number four because uh, five and six, respectively, are Oregon, who is now a two-loss team, and Ohio State, who didn't even make it to their championship game, while only a one-loss school? Okay. What do you think, man? So this is where I think it's going to go. This is getting crazy. If Florida State loses like we think they do, even if Georgia wins, but it's close— and Texas wins, I think Texas can get the four. Because okay. the biggest reason I think that Ohio State's not going to move is they're not playing. They're just sitting at home. And I get that, that, oh, they only have Dude, one. they're on yeah. their jock, though, bro. I know. I'm telling but, you. They but love they the Buckeyes. I know. I'm with you. I know. I don't understand it. I don't get it. But the fact that you lost to Michigan and you're not in a title game, but Michigan wins a title game, then I'm sorry. You're, you don't get that extra win, so you don't get the benefit. Texas played the extra game. They have as more wins than you, and they only have one loss, and they're a Big 12 title. And they beat Alabama, who ultimately ended up in the SEC title game, the title. even if it is number eight. But if they lose by a field goal, that means Texas's win in Tuscaloosa means even more than it did before. So if 100%. It, all, it all comes down to Florida State, man. Once they go down, some marbles. If, if, if. I know, if, but. <laughs> you said once i just give them a chance <laughs> yeah, you know, i don't know I just, hey, they're undefeated man they're i just undefeated. i know but a third string quarterback freshman going. i, I hear you bro i picked them with you you ain't gotta do preach of the choir i picked them with you i'm just saying i feel i feel bad for them i hope it's not because then like you said even if they win the act title game they get in the top oh they're gonna get they're smacked gonna get bro worked, they're gonna be embarrassed. i'm not gonna watch the game i'm not gonna no. watch the game i'll just watch the two three it'll be game. over now as well that, that's how bad it'll be yeah <laughs> It's also over. We don't even know who number one is, but if they're four, they lost. It's over. Yeah, so this is where it gets pretty crazy, and this is where I'm hoping that some crazy stuff can happen. That'd be pretty weird. Um, So that would be an SEC team, a Big Ten team, a Pac-12 team, and a Big 12 team if Texas were to be able to sneak in. If not, it would still be different with the ACC. So at least we don't have two SEC or two uh, Big Ten schools like we've had a lot recently, whether it's Alabama and Georgia or whether it's Ohio State and Michigan or anything like that. So all one, hopefully, hopefully a freaking Ohio State or Alabama doesn't sneak in. All one, only one representative from each conference. Not each conference, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Okay, enough of the pigskin. Oof. 
so much football. Still talking. So much to talk about. That's why. <laughs> yeah. No, dude. It's the we're getting into the like the very nervous time of the NFL. We're starting to you know get placement in some of these seedings for the playoffs, and obviously this is the most crucial part of the college football season. Yeah. If you're not you know doing this, exactly. then you're not and doing we're much, not going to so. be we're not going to break down every bowl game once bowl season starts. We're going to worry about the big dude. There's board. way too many freaking random ass bowl games. Have you ever? Okay, my dad and his friends. I don't know if they still do it. They used to do it, but they they used to do. They would pick all the bowl games, right? They have a whole page, like a bracket, like a NCAA March Madness bracket. You okay. Pick the winner of every game, and I think you have to give each game a different point value based on the who you pick and whoever has the most points. At like the which end. one you're most confident in? Yeah, yeah it's like a confidence. Or That's the best way to put it. Yeah. I guess. That's so. My dad used to ask me for help, and I'm looking. I'm like, I don't know who half of these teams are. And who, like, I don't pay that close attention to college football. It's usually those no. top couple teams. That top are twenty-five. Important. Other than yeah. that, I don't know. And then he's picking like I play top against here, and I'm like. I don't even know who plays on those teams. Like, I don't like come to me when it's the March Madness tournament brag. I can help you a little more there. The college football. You know what? This is anytime he, you know, if he, if he does it again, this is what you can tell. Okay. Oh, go to this, what you got to <laughs> do, dad. All right. Go to F A N D U E L.com. Whoever the favorite <laughs> is, pick them. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't help with the comments. Okay. Number. I don't know how you pick all those. That's a lot of games. It's like 30 yeah, games. It's too many, dude. Dude, they'd be having the freaking the East Coast. Frozen water bottle bowl, and it oh, was like the one that this year I, I kind of want to see about is the Pop Tarts bowl. I heard the the mascot will be an actual like life size Pop Tart or something weird like that. made out of know. like dough or like I don't know until we the game Imagine. happens. I guess we won't know, but uh, yeah, that's like some weird thing going around. I would love to. That's weird. I love Pop Tarts. <laughs> They're horrible for you, bro. Oh, I don't eat them anymore. I'm just saying. It's a okay, good. The shit. Okay, <laughs> okay good. Dude, yeah, you're too. We're getting too old for that crap. No, I don't. I don't remember. Okay. I don't saw a pop tart in my hand. Dude, they do <laughs> taste good, bro. I can't lie, man. They're I know, so, they're so fantastic. Eat them all the oh, time. Dude, they taste. They taste great. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to basketball. Moving on to basketball. All right. Uh, one of the things before we get into the actual NBA, we're going to talk about oh, one of the great NBA players' sons, Bronny yeah. James from USC, has officially been cleared by the medical staff at USC to uh, begin practicing with the team. Not quite playing, yeah. but you know, taking those first steps of getting into playing shape and running up and down the court, you know, kind of back and forth before yeah. just kind of tossing them obviously out onto the um, onto yeah, the court. You have to work up your uh, stamina a little bit, running up and down the court again, and and again, very slow pace. There's no rush. And again, we talked about this when this first happened, which is kind of a weird thing. But a year ago, USC had another situation like this happen with another player, and he is now still on the team has progressed and is now playing. So there is a blueprint plan in a sense for the situation for them to Sadly, kind of figure yeah. it out. I know I, I don't like that they have it, but it's yeah. good to do. Um so, you know, hopefully it'll it'll kind of work itself out. I would I would hope before the end of the season he'd at least get to play a couple games, but I just again, it's all depends on how he reacts to things and and how careful they want to be. Um and obviously LeBron and his mom and Savannah definitely want to take all precautions as possible and they trust the medical people. LeBron spends a bunch of money on his own body for medical stuff and, and health. So I'm sure they've got the best people to look at him and take care of everything. Um but the best thing too is if he does end up playing a game, LeBron's already told the team and, and the Lakers like family over everything, guys. Champs, I'm sorry for the quote. I love y'all, but definitely gotta see Bronny's first game whenever he's cleared and ready to go. And I have no issue with that whatsoever. It's like leaving a game for the birth of your child or, or yeah. you know, somebody sick in the hospital, like that stuff is more important than a game. 
especially when we're talking about in the regular season. I mean, this isn't any important yeah. game. It's just a regular season game. LeBron has done everything. What if it's like an in-season tournament, like semifinal, yeah, bro? But there's, there's, a tur- there's a cup on the line. Nope, don't matter, man. They'll they'll figure that shit out without him. I I'm with you. Like we talk about families first over everything, and that's yeah. why. And he and I mean he never went to college, LeBron himself. So this is the first time anybody in his family has gone, and let alone played a, a sport while in college. So he'll he'll be there for that first game. I hope it's in as he should USC, but yeah, maybe it's even on the road somewhere, and LeBron and the Lakers happen to be nearby, and it's easier for him. I don't know, but whatever he's got to do to be there, there will be a private jet ready to go. <laughs> Rooting for you, Bronny. Hopefully you come back strong. Love to see, I'd love to see him play. That's all I want to see. Just want to see him play again. Speaking of the end season tournament, we have a couple of uh, items, I guess, that are getting a little bit weird because you have to play basketball a little bit different way when it comes to these tournament games, more specifically around this point differential, right? For yeah. seeding and really just making it in in general. Uh, it's been kind of kind of chippy because especially when maybe games seem out of hand or you should definitely let off the gas, but at least be taking out your starters. Yeah. There's been a handful of teams that are really pushing the envelope to ensure that they're hitting certain point differentials. You've seen yeah. a handful of things on this, man. What have you seen? Oh, man, just so much. I know you brought up the one uh, I'll do last, but uh, the first couple ones I saw was Josh Hart for the Knicks was talking about, you know, it's he's not fond of the idea, but he gets it. And he, he said, I think the quote was, it was interesting. I don't really like it when we were first, when we were focused at first, just about winning. Totally fine. The last couple of minutes, it feels weird at a certain point. You just start chasing points, doing all that. So it kind of messes with the integrity of the game a little bit. Yeah. I, I understand I what he's saying. Cause you know, we've had issues in the years past where players are like, why are you dunking in the last two seconds? You don't need those points. And then people get shoving matches and stupid. It's like, you guys just play the game. Don't worry about it. But now they've all kind of got to realize when those weird random courts come out wearing these random city edition jerseys, the rules are a little different. Like Donovan Mitchell even talked about it. He said the last few minutes of the game were awkward. I feel like we were all trying to score, but also respect the game. So it's different, especially when they took their starters out. You're trying to balance it, but at the end of the day, you're playing to win. You're playing to go to Vegas, get to the tournament, but it's definitely a little weird. I mean, it is what it, it's part of changing, right? Like there's going to be some yeah. things that maybe they didn't think about what would come out of those uh, changes, like the point differential issue. Um, the biggest one, the one you showed me the other day, was that Billy Donovan and uh, oh man, what's the coach for Boston? Uh, Joe Missoula. Joe Missoula. They had Missoula and them were up huge, but they needed a huge point differential to end up. They needed to plus twenty three. Okay, that, what they that's needed. a big difference. Yeah. And they were up, but you know they're up big and they're playing Tatum and, and nine minutes left and they're up thirty. All five starters are out there and playing five minutes left in the fourth. And at one point, like Missoula had to go over to Donovan because they were. They were fouling Drummond on purpose like Hackashack to make him shoot free throws, which he cannot make. And then they were going down trying to score more to rack up their score. And he had to go over him and tell him, like, yo, I, you know, it's not that I like doing this, but we need that point differential to have a home court and this and that. So we got to do what we can do. Mm -hmm. And you could tell Billy Donovan at first was like, what in the world? And then as he's listening, he's like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. I can't really, you know, it's a little weird. It's just strange. So it's, it's different. Uh, I think Missoula's big thing was, you know, it's because it's the first time. It's different. I understand. But the more we do this and in three, four years, maybe it, nobody's even talking about those issues anymore. So I don't know. It's, it is very strange, though. We're not used to this. So it's a little different for us fans here in the States. Yeah. I Yeah. I'm not I, – I just don't want it to become, like, some super important thing because 
in my opinion, it's really not. The only thing that's important is an NBA championship. Now, I understand you're trying to spice up the regular season, but I don't know. Let's just not take too much away from – because, I mean, as much as it's the Boston Celtics and I could care less, how many, I mean, they could get hurt during that time, man. There's a reason right? why you get up 30 and you sit your starters, dude. Like, Absolutely. I would be furious if we're up and we're freaking – I mean, granted, we're the one seed, so maybe it was we were already up and we didn't have to play this type of game. But – if if we're up, you know, 15, 20 points with, you know, four minutes left in the game and I see Braun and AD out there, so I'm just like, what the hell is going on? Like, no, that's just not, not in this game. You just can't afford it. You need your stars in basketball. Yep. And I just, yeah, I just don't want it to take away from the main, main goal. I mean, they can take away from the Celtics if you want. They can take all their focus <laughs> and just focus on this. But other than that, you get what I'm saying. Well, you mentioned the Celtics, uh, the matchups for the quarterfinals now that we've kind of gone through all the in-season tournament games uh, to this point. Uh, set for I think Tuesday or Monday and Tuesday we have uh, the Pelicans at the Kings and the Celtics at the Pacers on Monday night. Uh, winners of those will then face the winners of the uh, Suns and Lakers on Tuesday and the Knicks at Bucks as well. So the winners will each play each other in uh, Vegas I think on December seventh, which will be the semifinals, and then the finals will be that ninth uh, of December, and then uh, we'll see who gets the first in season tournament title or cup. I don't. The other question I have is is like. If you win it, are you, do you put up a banner in the stadium? And no, you, gosh, you, no, please. You don't think the NBA is gonna make everybody do it if they like, no matter who? Like, we need you to acknowledge it and and make it a thing. Like, you don't think so? Well, there's no room in Boston or LA, so fuck off. <laughs> you know, LeBron wants to be the first one, and not only that, if you think about it, it could be Lakers Celtics in the in season tournament final. Which, if you're the NBA, definitely you'd be fucking loving it bro (laughs) you'd be just drooling over yourself i mean this is a pretty good representation in here right i mean you got the the lakers stories franchise playing the suns with our four stars you got the kings who are up and coming with De'Aaron fox and sabonis who's an international star as well against zion and ingram and mccollum right so that's good you got the bucks who obviously have dame and uh Giannis. You got the Knicks, who are the most expensive, which I don't understand just because it's the just New, York, of New York. I guess I get it. But, yeah, I mean, this the biggest franchise basically in the NBA. The only one that's obviously kind of off is the Pacers, but they're a well-known basketball team. And the Terry Halliburton is a freaking stud, dude. Yes. So, and if you think about it, the Pacers – And obviously the Celtics, which yeah, I don't know. The Pacers are kind of like the middle heartland of America basketball part of the country, like Hoosiers. True. The movie was about Indiana University, so it's actually kind of a weird small market, but in a good way, I think, for the NBA compared to the other ones they're already involved in at this point. Very coastal. Yeah, yeah. Using everybody, getting everybody involved. So it should be good. Um, Again, I care if we win because I want to win the game in the sense of a regular season record. I don't care if we win in the sense of this tournament. It's cool for the young kids, for sure, or the anybody. I mean, anybody could take more money, I guess. It's fun, but uh, I don't know. It's just another freaking thing for the NBA to do. Oh, yeah. Stuff. Just wait. Next year, it'll be sponsored by YouTube TV or something, so it'll be even more. <laughs> 100%, dude. Got to go through the first run first, but it'll be sponsored before you know it. Let's get off of the hardwood. Put it. on your sweatshirt, bro. Hitting the ice. Got a couple Ooh, stories I should, I should to wrap up the episode. Friend, I'll keep that for next time. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. A couple of, couple of NHL notes before we get out of here. But these are some cool ones. Uh, my favorite one's the last one. But, again, we'll get to that one. Corey, take us through these, man. 
Well, the biggest news is Patrick Kane's back. Uh, he played last year with the uh, Rangers and had a hip issue and had surgery, so he kind of took more of the offseason time to recuperate and kind of rehab and then kind of decide based on how things kind of started with each team's where he wanted to go because he's at the point now he's a three-time Stanley Cup champ. There's really nothing for him to prove, so he decided to sign with the Red Wings, who are off to a pretty hot start and are right in the thick of a division race, and they haven't been in the playoffs in seven years, and prior to that, they had been like 25 years in a row. So they're definitely Jeez. excited about the Red Wings getting back into the thick of it. Um, it'll be nice to see Kane play. I don't think he's played yet. I think he's just getting back to practice. Um, but looking forward to watching him get back on the ice. He's always been a really good player. Obviously, as time has gone on and he's gotten older, his game has uh, kind of slowed down a little bit, but I just... I really enjoy Patrick Kane's game, so I'm excited to see him back on the ice was my uh, my biggest note of this, I guess, or why we wanted to at least bring it up. So. Got you, got you. So he played for the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. He played for the Red He's now playing for the Red Wings. Correct. He played for the Rangers. Yep. Did he play for the Bruins, Leafs, or Canadians because he's trying to hit all the original <laughs> six teams or what? Basically, as no. you're saying, who he's playing for, I'm like, well, right, he's freaking basically just plays for all the storied franchises. Now, he got traded to the Rangers, I believe, last year during uh, Chicago, had, you know, was not very good and they wanted to give him an opportunity. They obviously ended up with the number one pick, which they stole yeah. from the Ducks, but regardless. Yeah. That's a whole other topic. Don't get me started yeah. there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, he got traded to them last year at the deadline. Like I said, didn't do great, but ended up getting injured on his hip, so had some surgery. Uh, be nice to see him back on the ice and you know see what he can do and what he can bring to Detroit, and hopefully get them back in the playoffs and you know help the NHL get Detroit back on the map because it has been weird not having them after so long. There, yeah, dude was lit in Chicago, man. Oh, him and so uh, who was the defensive Jonathan guy? Taze. Yes, yeah, Taze and Kane, man, they were a heck of a duo to watch for a long time. Taze actually retired after last season. I don't know if he necessarily officially retired yet but it's one of those he hasn't come back and everyone kind of assumes he's he's pretty much done he only it's gonna be like a deshaun jackson where he's like yeah maybe i'll keep it open to think about it and then i'll officially retire later yeah yeah so um another one of the stories that we i we had to talk about just because it took so many twists and turns which is why it took so long for me to even want to yeah you and i were talking about it like off off of air i guess you would say Mm -hmm. and uh it was i was just like wait so he did what and then this happened and then you were like started and then wow and then that happened and people think of this and it took a lot so of Perry, what turns. happened? Yeah, uh, it took a lot of twists and turns. Uh, about a week and a half ago, Perry was healthy scratched for a game for the Blackhawks, which is kind of strange. He was, I think, top two or three guys on the team in points, and they, you know, they're not great, but they're they're figuring things out. They brought him in as as a veteran to be there for Bedard. Um, so mm-hmm. the the rumor went around the next day after he didn't go to practice. Like, okay, something's going on. Like, what's what's the issue? There's no statement or anything from the team. Um, and then another day went by and Perry had a statement from his agent saying he was taking a personal leave from the team. Then the team came out and said, no, it was a team decision that he was taken off the team or like put away or whatever. Um, and then the, the worst part of this story or like rumor mill was the fact that people started putting two and two together that the Blackhawks had just had a mother's trip and that possibly Corey Perry could have slept with Connor Bedard's mom, which just, I mean, that's a terrible thing to make up and, and kind of start a rumor when there's no real evidence to it. Uh, Bedard was then asked like a couple of days later, not necessarily about that, but just, you know, with Perry, not there and about Corey Perry. Yeah. He just was like, yeah, he's not here right now. He's, you know, doing what he needs to do. Uh, you know, it's too bad. He's one of our better guys, blah, blah, blah. Like there was no ill will or like, no, I don't want to talk about it. So that kind of, in my mind made me think there's, there's no squashed it a little bit. Maybe him. Um, then the next report was Emily Kaplan from ESPN. Who's an uh, NHL insider said that, he could have had possibly something to do with a employee of the team. And then you're like, Oh no, now she's another freaking, uh, email doka. Yeah. Or something like that. And then it turns out 
the latest thing and, and what has come out from Corey Perry is he admitted that he's had some mental health issues and possibly an alcohol issue. So he's getting into the program that the NHL offers to players for drugs and alcohol so he can kind of get himself together. He apologized for putting himself in the situation and his teammates and that he definitely had nothing to do with any family members of a team member or anything like that. That is you know, grossly false. Um, and that's kind of the latest. So now Perry's uh, going to get some help. Um, I know this kind of happened similar situation in a sense to Bobby Ryan, who's also a former duck where he had to go into rehab for alcohol. Um, he was yeah. able to get through it and, and even come back and play. He wasn't necessarily yeah, what the hell are the ducks doing. No, no, they weren't ducks when it happened. It was, it was after, but uh, yeah, Bobby Ryan was able to come back again, not the player he was, um, but he was much younger. Perry is 19 years in. So he I should I, just, he'll, he should retire. Man. I really hope he at least comes back one more time. I'd like to, if he can get through the program and it's not the end of the season and he's a free agent, just come play with the Ducks for the end of the year and retire the Duck. That's that's what I would hope. I mean, clean That'd yourself so cool. up, come back here, back where you started. Uh, you know, Getzloff is still involved with the team and the organization and like a development uh, uh, situation. So he'd have somebody here he could be close to that, you know, they're best friends. They play a long time together. So it'd be, it'd be nice to see, but we just want to hopefully wish Corey to, you know, get through this situation and, and figure yes, it out. Yes, man. Huge fan. Huge fan. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the last two things before we get on to our last segment before we uh, head out of here for our episode is uh yeah. the Oilers. We talked a couple weeks ago, the Oilers and Sharks were the two worst teams in hockey. The Oilers have won seven to 10 and are starting to figure some things out. McDavid and the offense have started to click again. Um, so I think they're only four or six points out of a wild card spot right now, which is very early. In the Damn, league. that's not bad. They have turned things around very quickly there. And uh, yeah, it'd be nice to see McDavid and dry will get things going and kind of get back into that race. Cause otherwise if they start to falter again, you got to think there's a, a dry sidle possibility of they have to at least look open to trading because the salary cap in the NHL is no joke. You got to be under it. So the Oilers are on a streak. Uh, it's nice to see them back playing well and uh, you know, see how, see how it ends up for them. Good job. Good job. This and is the one I was excited I was to say. The last one is what you're waiting for. Uh, <laughs> yes. So this doesn't happen very often. There are goalies that do score goals in the NHL. Um, but yesterday, the Penguins had their first ever in their franchise history, which I thought was kind of interesting considering they're as old as they are in the, in the league. Yeah, um, true, right? But And it wasn't one of those two where, like, the goalie's by himself and everyone's running back or skating back, and he's just like, eh, I'll throw it over there and see what happens. Like, they were in the offensive zone. He got the rebound or stopped it. He took the puck with a stick and just flung it. And you could tell one of the other guys on the other team even, like, whoa, like, I didn't, you know, that went by me. <laughs> Did you see that coming? Shoot it, yeah. And it was a straight shot down. So let's uh, let's check out the recap. I think we have a clip of it, right? Okay, Yeah, cool. let's check it out. Going for these loose pucks. Jari, he's going for the empty net. Bouncing towards the goal. He scores! You have witnessed history! Dude, that's crazy, bro. You're right, dude. He freaking just takes it. doesn't even hesitate. Literally just says, you know what? I'm going to chuck this. I'm going to chuck this the other way. I'm not even going to try to hit it to the side and have someone clear it that way. Just launches it, and he it goes saw, right in. He saw that straight path down the ice, nobody in the center, so he just said, screw it. I'm going to throw it down there. Worst case, it. they're going to call icing. They come back, and I get a breather, so let's go. <laughs> very true very true and they were already up so it wasn't yeah. really that much of a deal obviously it was an empty net so towards the end of the game and another icing it was already in your zone anyway so i figured like i said it's nice to always see a goalie goal but when it's the, i just was, thought it was weird it was the first time in penguins history i thought for sure very oh, true long history yeah right exactly they were part of the uh first expansion to 12 teams so they've been around a long time exactly Good episode, my friend. We're, of course, not done. We got our last segment, our, you know, our tally segment that we have at the end. Um, but that was a good one. Enjoyed it. We're going to get into this week in sports history. Roll it. Let's do it. 
This Week in Sports History. So this week in sports history, we're going to start with today. We're going to go back to four years before we were born. December 1st, 1984. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar passed Oscar Robertson to become the NBA's second all-time leading scorer behind Will Chamberlain. Abdul-Jabbar finished the season with over 28,000 career points and eventually surpassed Chamberlain for the top spot with 38,387. Of course, we all know he has since been surpassed by LeBron James in an uh, awesome fadeaway at Staples last year. Yep. But uh, cool time, 1984, man. Like I said, the, the record that... Um, that Braun had, or that Braun had, that Kareem had stood for a long time with the with the with the hot one. He, once he finally did pass Wilt, so yeah. And it, you it's know, cool. looking back at this, I didn't realize that Oscar Robinson at one point was the second highest scorer of all time. That kind of blew me. That's my true. Mind. I knew Wilt was the wow. top before Kareem had passed him, but I didn't realize Oscar, who was Mister Triple Double, was number two for a long time. That's kind of crazy. Well, I mean, I guess the double part is in points too. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the second one that we've got is a couple days ago. Um, this one I'm gonna try to make it through. We also have a clip of it. Well, not really a clip, it's the entire thing. November 29th, 2015. Kobe O'Brien announces via a poem in the Players Tribune website that he will retire after the 2015-2016 season. Brian spent his entire 20 NBA season career with the beloved Los Angeles Lakers, was a part of these three rings. And uh we miss you daily, man. Rip Kobe. So um it's a fantastic fantastic poem that he wrote great illustration that goes along with it so for the youtube audience you will see it for those others you will hear it let's get to the poem check it out a one point game Dear Basketball. From the moment I started rolling my dad's tube socks and shooting imaginary game-winning shots in the Great Western Forum, I knew one thing was real. I fell in love with you. A love so deep, I gave you my all. From my mind and body, to my spirit and soul. As a six-year-old boy, deeply in love with you, I never saw the end of the tunnel. I only saw myself running out of one. And so I ran. I ran up and down every court after every loose ball for you. You asked for my hustle, I gave you my heart. Because it came with so much more. I played through the sweat and the hurt. Not because challenge called me. 
but because you called me. I did everything for you. Because that's what you do when someone makes you feel as alive as you've made me feel. You gave a six-year-old boy his Laker dream. And I'll always love you for it. But I can't love you obsessively for much longer. This season is all I have left to give. My heart can take the pounding. My mind can handle the grind. But my body knows it's time to say goodbye. And that's okay. I'm ready to let you go. I want you to know now so we both can savor every moment we have left together. The good and the bad. We have given each other all that we have. And we both know, no matter what I do next, I'll always be that kid with the rolled up socks, garbage can in the corner, five seconds on the clock, ball in my hands. Five, four, three, two, You're crying, Corey. Ooh, you're right, I did. I already wiped my tears before the camera came back. So. <laughs> yeah, it was good. That was so good, man. It's just so you just feel the passion that he has for the game, and you know that he gave it all. Obviously, we watched him give it all. So it hey, was. Uh, We're it was even good. lucky he gave us a heads up. He was retiring at that year because remember going into that season, he didn't announce it until a month in. So we were all kind of maybe this is it, but nobody, you know, he wasn't going to say it. I'm surprised he did it all. I thought he might just play the whole year, but. At the end of the day, you kind of want that farewell tour, I guess, right? At that point, everybody has kind of turned their certain oh, people. I hate it. Kobe because he was a heel, but he kind of softened on the last few years and a lot more fan bases, I think, really understood more about him and what he was all about, really. He's just a fierce competitor. That's the thing that I don't freaking understand. Man, Kobe Bryant, but Michael Jordan is the best. Like, the fuck? He's the same dude, <laughs> basically, bro. He literally copied him. Right. So Jordan could be a dick and it's okay, but Kobe's just an asshole. Like, I don't know, bro. I never understood that thing. People freaking worship Michael Jordan like he's some second coming of Jesus. But I know he's black Jesus and basketball Jesus. But, <laughs> but still, um, I don't know. I'm just saying. Man, rip, man. rip, Kobe. Rip, Kobe. Every day, man. I remember that day. Like, uh, like I honestly will never forget that day. It was, a, it was a long Sunday afternoon after that news that morning for sure. Yeah, very true. Very true. We hung out that day. Yeah, we did. That's right. Yeah, you came over after that. Yeah, it was the bad it's crazy <laughs> yeah very much so well that was the uh pretty good one we covered a lot of stuff that's for dang sure but i think we got through and i think we got a lot of uh things covered that we a lot of topics you know what i like is i like these random topics it's fun to cover and uh and then go over games but i like talking about stories you know what i mean so, yeah i think it's fun yeah well have to, actually our, well, you know once what? college football is done that'll give us an opportunity to probably fit in some more stories True, true. Actually, you know what? Before we leave, I know we normally end with uh, that, but 
let's talk about it. I know it's impromptu. Let's talk about that Mitchell Robinson story. Yeah. Speaking of stories, right? Thank you for bringing that up. I brought that up earlier. Yeah. I totally spaced on it. Yeah. So, um, I think the story came out yesterday on when they were playing. The Knicks were playing yesterday, and they interviewed uh, Mitchell Robinson, who's the starting center for the Knicks. They interviewed his high school basketball coach. Uh, kind of, you know, nobody really knew anything about him or what the story was. And then he ended up telling them that his wife had passed away, I believe, back in September. And uh, Mitchell was really close to them and their family and went down and told him, like, look, why don't you uh, come up to New York, stay with me, uh, you know, get yourself right, obviously, with everything going on and what you've just been through. Uh, you know, you probably need a little bit of a uh, getaway in a sense or uh, you yeah. know, try to take your time to mourn and what do what you need to do. So he's been living in Mitchell Robinson's apartment with him up in New York since September. Um, you know, this is the first we're hearing about it, but I'm, I'm with you when we kind of talked about earlier. The best thing is, is nobody talked about it or knew for this long. He's just been doing it because it's the right thing. And he felt so inclined. And, and obviously that coach made a big difference in Mitchell's life when he was a young kid and he wants yeah. to do the favor in a way. That's awesome. I think that's awesome. And I like the fact that nobody knows about it. That's what I like about people. But like we, you and I were talking about this before. I don't like the people who are like, I'm out here feeding the homeless, doing my part, picking up trash. You know, like, dude, just go and do it, man. And that's what he's doing. He didn't talk about it. He ain't trying to brag about it. He's just helping somebody out that he cares about. And that's, I think that's pretty cool. I think that's yep. pretty cool. Couldn't agree more. Okay, now we can wrap up. Now we can wrap up. But I just wanted to make sure we tell because we, you and I were talking. That's a pretty cool, feel good story, especially around this Christmas season. You know, we're starting yeah, to get true. into the season where everybody's you know trying to do something nice, which I like. I don't know why we can't do something nice all the dang time. I don't know why we only have to wait for December to do it. But nonetheless, yeah. We'll take but it, I, so. I think part of it too is is the holidays are harder for some than others. So that's usually true. the time of year you really want to focus on everybody else and more so than yourself because there are people out there that don't have family or you know, whatever their issues or situations are. So you just want to make sure everyone has at least something to look forward to this time of year, I guess. Yeah, very true. And Mitchell Robinson has his high school coaches back. Heck yeah. So Oof. getting out of here now, we uh, obviously we have our This Week in Sports History that we covered previously to that, uh, to that story. If you're looking for other history facts and other different, I know on Mondays we have Milk Monday where we just have general facts. Where can they find those, man? Yeah, remember, uh, if you're listening, uh, if you want to just listen to the audio version, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Or if you want to watch the YouTube version here where we make all these cool things and you can see us on the screen, uh, just you can do that by searching our view from the bench on all three platforms. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RViewFTB. We're trying to post more. We've got clips and stuff going up. Uh, we're trying to post more. Please be interactive with us. Let us know what else you want to see. We're going to try to put like news and info so that way it's uh, something a worthwhile follow. So. Yeah, tell us how's the rest we, of your uh, work on and where we suck, man. That's what we want to know. <laughs> exactly. Let us know. Let us know. How's your uh, weekend looking? I know you said it's not calm uh, as, yeah. your, as maybe as your week was, but not, not too crazy yeah. either. Yeah, I got a game tomorrow for the Ducks. Um, I'm trying to think of who they're even playing. I don't even know. It doesn't matter. I'm going to show up and they're going to be there on the ice. So <laughs> that's all it matters. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just working the game tomorrow. Uh, I'm off on Sunday. So, like I said, I'll probably actually watch some football and. Uh, Probably relax before uh, the la you know this last couple weeks stretch before we get to uh, Christmas. What about yeah, you? man, it's gonna be good. Uh, working out in the morning. Probably going to. I'm gonna head over to my grandma's house over you know down, and because my dad's up hanging oh, nice. out, so I might go over there, hang out for a little bit, hang out with him, hang out with the grandma. Always good to hang out with grandma. Okay. You know what I mean? You, you I never know how much time. Yeah, so always Didn't precious. Like we were talking about with family and stuff like that. So absolutely. 
Uh, but yeah, and then Sunday, just uh, relaxing, going to church with my dad well, again because he's up. He's going to Denver, I think, this uh, next week. He's going Ooh, for just a couple days for there. a quick show. I know, right? Seriously, but he's only going for like two or three days, so it should oh, be okay. a quick turnaround trip. So I'm gonna hang out with him on the Saturday, and Sunday, and other than that, just chill, get ready for this next work week. Again, we're getting closer to um, Christmas. I do have the week before Christmas off, so I'm stoked Ooh. for that. Dang, yeah. jealous. I know. I like to take the week before. A lot of people want to take the week of or the week between, but I like the Christmas season. And basically, as soon as Christmas is over, it doesn't feel like Christmas anymore. The 26th does not feel like Christmas. So I don't really want the time off in between because honestly, there's not much going on at work in between that time anyways, because everybody else is taking time (laughs) off. So I want the week before. That way, I still feel like the Christmas and the lead up to Christmas. So that's the week I took off. Yeah, yeah, because I like Christmas time, um, so I, I want I want to enjoy the Christmas time, not enjoy the time afterwards. So makes sense. Yeah. Other than that, appreciate everybody stopping by and seeing things from our view from the bench. I'm Brendan, and I'm Corey. Like we always say, enjoy the sports until we talk again. Peace. Go Michigan.